getting together with John Spitalier. John lives in Lancaster. He owns Blank Living Realty, where he is a real estate agent. And the other day, he wrote an article. And I read the first line, and it, here's what it said. I want to read it to you. It appears almost certain that Lancaster's real estate marketplace will be seriously affected by the COVID recession. And I thought, wow. And I don't click on everything, but I clicked on that one, and I read it. And after I read it, I thought, okay, John's got a real positive outlook here for us. And I wanted to let him bring that outlook to you. John, how are you and your family doing? We're good. We're good. It's been a, you know, I think we're in day, oh God, we're in the 50s, I think, right? It's been fine. It's good to spend uh, a quarantine with people you love. We have a six-month-old baby and a 17-year-old daughter, so... It's been a, a weird ride, but it's been fun. Again, like spending time with people you love, so. Right, any adjustments? Well, he's teething, my, my uh, six-month-old Rasa, he is teething, so the adjustment has been a lot of lack of sleep. Uh, you know me, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm, I'm not the youngest of men. I wish I could get adjustments on my back from my chiropractor, but he's not currently operating right now. <laughs> so it's been fine. We garden together and we spend time hiking and it's, it's good. You know what I hear from you? That life really didn't change very much. If adjusting to the six-month-old baby teething, that's normal. Yeah. So that's good. And so you're doing very well. a different version of life. Well, yeah, yeah, well, that is super positive. And your positivity definitely came out in your article and your outlook for the real estate market here in Lancaster. And as a homeowner here, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. My automatic next step in thinking was to go to, oh no, what's this going to do to the housing market? Because the last recession we had really just totally wiped it out. Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. Well, you know, I do want to preface my, my positivity with, I, I did actually remove the words and irrevocably from the opening paragraph of that of that blog post because there's going to be some downsides to things and, and I'm happy to talk about those as well because I think we as Lancaster are going to have some challenges around the housing market in the near future and it's something that we're going to have to understand as a community. It's going to bring some other problems that we have into very sharp relief but on the positive side, on the positive side, I do think we're going to see, I'm not noticing a drop in prices. I'm not seeing home values dipping I'm seeing a marketplace uh, where the uh, where there's going to be a, no, a lot more houses on a lot more houses on the market are going are to be coming on the market soon as people are tired of their four walls and are getting ready to move or they've decided to scale down their lives. I think we're going to be seeing some of that. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of buyers coming in. A lot of people now have been saving. Savings nationwide have gone from uh, have gone from eight percent to twelve percent. Uh, so people are not going out. They're saving their money, and that adds up to real cash after a little while. And people will be able to add to the down payments that they've been already planning on or or starting to plan on on it. Interest rates are low. I think that the market will do well. The other aspect of that is, I believe from research and anecdotal evidence that, that you know, because I'm paying attention to the market, I'm talking to people about it. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of people leaving the big cities. A house in Brooklyn on a side street in Brooklyn costs $600,000 and a larger house here, 
I mean, or the same a comparable house here costs half that, if not a third. Uh, there's going to be a huge uh, decline in the economies in cities like New York, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Washington. And people are going to want to be going to places that are, are great to live and, and the components of a great, of a great community. We've, we've got them. We've got a sense of its environment, its culture. We've got art. We've got an arts culture in this city. We are an historic city that's well-established. Also, we have valued the, the mayors that we've had, the city councils that we've had, the leadership that we've had in the, in the county over the last couple of years have allowed us to build a tech economy that is going to be drawing in smart, young entrepreneurs. Those people are going to need to buy houses. Those people are going to need to be renting. So we'll be, we'll be getting an influx of, in, of, of intelligence and talent coming from larger cities, coming to Lancaster, because Lancaster is a great place to live. It is simply just a really great place to live. This is where we've chosen to raise our families. You know, right. we've chosen to raise our families here because this is a good, this is a good home. This is a good place to make a home. It is a good place to make a home. Yeah. It has kind of like that international, intellectual, cultural flavor. Indeed. On a small scale. Indeed. You know, small and safe and cozy. I like having the friendly people around. Um, one of the things that you talked about was people coming in from the cities. So I can think of them doing that two ways. One of them would be that they would commute, which some mm -hmm. people do right now from New York, Philly, and Washington, D.C., and the other one would be to actually move and relocate. And I see some problems with both of those. Yeah. And maybe we could talk a little bit about those challenges. To relocate, people have to have jobs. And like you said, tech, some people will bring their jobs with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe this situation is transitioning a lot more people to the idea of working remotely. I do not think we're going to be seeing any day soon where companies are saying, okay, everybody get off your computers. Uh, we've been able to survive this and everybody come back into the office. That's not going to be happening. And I don't think even when it can happen, it's going to phase back. I don't think that people are going to necessarily be wanting to go back to their offices. We've been realizing that workers in general are able to maintain a lot more sanity if they're working at home. More work is getting done. You know, uh, that was always the fear. Is work going to get done or people just going to be wasting their time? But people are working hard for their companies. People are, I mean, my agents are amazing. We meet every week and everybody's talking about what they're doing and what they're learning. You know, we're taking this time as a firm to educate ourselves, to, to go above and beyond and to, dis, and to start looking at the challenges that we're going to be facing as a market and people who operate in that marketplace, professionals who market in that, in that marketplace. We're taking this time to educate ourselves on solutions and how we're going to be dealing with those things. There's a constant conversation going on among the agents at Lank Living. I don't think we're going to be going back to a, a time when remote working isn't going to be the norm. I, I think it's going to be, become the norm as people are scaling down and trying to save money. That's interesting how this is all happening because, oh, it's probably been 15 or 17 years ago when I started helping people work remotely from home. Mm. And we had to pull them back in to the office, a lot of them. They yeah. A lot of people weren't able to self-motivate, self-schedule, or just have the discipline to do what needed to be done when they have all the distractions at home. And I'm wondering if the circumstances of this coronavirus are helping people overcome those things. Because number one, employers seem to be having a little bit more grace as people are getting through it. 
Mm-hmm. And right now, people are really desperate to keep their jobs. Right on. <laughs> the other thing was the commute. Previous to coronavirus, I traveled a lot, and I commuted to New York City, Philadelphia, and D.C. And I will not do that for a long time mm-hmm. until I'm really confident the trains are clean. So do you see commuters actually moving in here? I don't. I don't. I see new talent coming and staying. I see that I, I sense that we're going to be set, we're going to be experiencing a period of, of great growth because not just because of COVID, but because of the recession, the COVID recession. Uh, I've been thinking about this actually for a long time, for about a year. And I, I mentioned to you as we were discussing the show that I had a I had an odd story to tell you. Oh yes, um, I want to hear that. So a year and a year ago in April, my wife Elena and I took a baby moon to Arizona. We love the desert, and uh, I had never seen the Sawaran Desert, so she wanted to take me. And we were also going to see uh, go to go visit a couple of hot springs while we were there. And at one of the hot springs, which we had to which she trekked to, I think, four months, five months pregnant. She trekked uh, through the desert for, uh, we thought it was going to be a short hike, but it ended up being too long. Uh, we trekked to this, this old abandoned uh, spa, and it was a, there was a spring there. In the spring was this, this guy soaking, and we struck up a conversation, and he's from Hartford, Connecticut. And it turns out that he works in the insurance industry, and he started telling me that he was an economist, and talking about his work, I said to him, well, you know, you got to tell me, when's the next recession coming? And uh, he, he said that he predicted it would be before the election, uh, about October, unless something else happens, which, of course, something else has happened, and we've gone into a recession. This recession was expected anyway. But one of the things he said about the recession is, is that there are a number of second-tier and third-tier cities, second-tier meaning cities like Pittsburgh, which has spent their time uh, uh, building a tech corridor, building, building up their tech, their tech abilities, and also focusing on arts and culture. And he mentioned Lancaster to me, and I said, that's where I live. And he said, there's an example of a city that has done everything it can to prepare itself for an intellectual boom as big cities empty out because of high rents and high mortgages, and they move into places where they can where they can live and exist uh, at a much lessened economic uh, impact, but still have those things that make life good: the arts, the culture, the environment. And you know, we're poised. We're poised. Can I be, can I be a bit of a downer though and mention that very very quickly the word and the words end irrevocably that I took out of the front. With this influx, we're going to experience. We're going to have to have and even we've been having this conversation. But the conversation about gentrification is going to have to get is going to end up getting really serious now. The need for housing is going to push a lot of communities into into out of out of their out of their neighborhoods, and we need to have that conversation. We need to continue to have that conversation, and it's going to take on a new light when we get a new bunch of new people coming in. And if you look at places 2040, which is our comprehensive our county's comprehensive plan, they're also predicting this level of growth. I didn't mention it in the article. But, uh, you know, a shout out to Scott Standish and his, his crew over there at, um, at the County Planning Commission for that, for that great and insightful report, which is really has to inform how we operate in, in all of our industries, not just real estate. But also the other side of this is that we're going to be seeing a lot of short sales, a lot of people who just simply can't, can't pay their home mortgages anymore. You know, the insur- a, lot, a lot of mortgage companies, luckily ours did not, but 
a lot of mortgage companies are saying, sure, take your three months off, but we're on a balloon payment at the end. That's going to force people out of their homes. Congress doesn't act on that. And that's scary. What we're talking about right now, we have a discussion in our firm right now about how do we serve the people who are our neighbors, who are forced into an unhappy situation, like a short sale or a, or a foreclosure. How do we assist them with empathy? How do we assist them with, with understanding? Because there's a lot of shame involved in that and a lot of hurt feelings, sourness. And uh, that's a difficult thing to navigate personally. And we want to be empathetic to that as realtors, as, as these people's neighbors. But that's the irrevocable side. And that is sad that it's going to happen that way. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of hardships, I have a feeling. Indeed. And gerrymandering in Lancaster has been a, a hot topic. It's not a topic I don't think we shy away from, but I think that uh, stronger solutions and maybe more expansive solutions need to be found here too, just like everywhere else. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tough, but you know, here's the thing that gives me hope. We've got good leadership in the city. We got good leadership in the county. Men and women of great integrity are serving our community right now. I mean, look at our mayor. I mean, goodness gracious. Um, what, a, what an example of a leader. I, I couldn't be happier to be a city resident right now. What I want to say is that we have a, a community spirit. Conservatives, liberals alike, we have a community spirit in Lancaster that is unlike any I've ever seen anywhere else in, in my travels in the world, uh, a togetherness and a desire to tackle uh, problems constructively because we view each other as neighbors. I think our local government and our local community could be a, held up as a beacon and an example no. of how things could, could be done, right? It should. It should it be done. Be. I hope more people come here. I really do. Not just because of my house value. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see it as an indicator that our little city might mm -hmm. actually survive this and do that. Yes. What yeah. hint can you give for coping right now and getting through this? Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Something that I would suggest is a really good thing. Make sure that even if you, uh, even if you have a difficult time doing it, make sure you hug your family members every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need that physical connection to, to the people that you're quarantined with. And also, you know, that oxytocin transfer. It's really important. And I say this as a person who has a six-month-old baby, so I'm, I'm getting, you know, lots overload. of... I'm like, yeah, I get lots of, lots of good vibes. You know, it's, uh, it's important to be affectionate and loving with the people that you're with. You know, it is, and I agree with you 100%, but I'm here alone. The way I communicate with my family members and my loved ones is Skype, Zoom, FaceTime. I was just going to say, I spend some time every day making sure that I check in with, uh, check in with a friend, a wide circle of friends. I'm blessed to have a wide circle of friends. And uh, I don't feel like I'm checking on them enough ordinarily, but I'm glad that, that I've been able to do that, that during this period. I, talked to my, I had coffee with my friend Dan Sosa from LGH. Oh, I had coffee with him this morning, and uh, it, was, it was great. It was great to see his face, you know. Some people have said that they've used this as an opportunity to reach out for, surprisingly, mm -hmm. even to people that you know, they haven't talked to in years. Yeah. I've asked several of the people, though, that I talk to if it's fulfilling. I get different reactions to that. Some of them actually say, nope, it doesn't fill that void. Um, and other mm -hmm. people are happy to, yeah. I don't know, my deuce. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I'm drinking way too much coffee. That's, yeah, it's... 
there's something about the mundaneness of four walls that I think is exhausting. And yeah, indeed. Indeed. Know, I'm consuming caffeine too. <laughs> so John, it, it has been nice talking to you. Before we hang up, could we please just have a minute of silence to Absolutely. talk about this seriousness of this? Yeah, and Elizabeth, I want to thank you as well. It was so good seeing you. And it was also really nice to get a, to use this as a, uh, I had to put a bow tie on again just to see whether I could still tie the thing. <laughs> so. It's nice. Okay, so there's a guy. Uh, what is his name? He's a commentator. I mean, he always wears a bow tie. Always. And he was on the other day. And, you know, one of the cool things about what's happening is that you get to see all of these people broadcasting from their homes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he had his bow tie on. And uh, he said, yes, whenever he goes to work, he wears his bow tie, even at home. Yeah, well, this is my, this is my realtor stick. But yeah. you know what? I think it's good to have those things for lots of reasons. And we'll go off on a bunny trail before we hang up. Okay. <laughs> Being a home-based person for almost two decades now, mm -hmm. I realize that we have to have a mental attitude to do the things that we need to do every day to over overcome some of those obstacles I talked about earlier about motivation and dedication and getting things done. And I found out that when I dress for work, I do work. <laughs> so when people say, oh, you must love working from home, you can just mm -hmm. get up and work in your pajamas. Well, guess what? When you work in your pajamas, you have a pajama attitude. Oh, so yeah. I say, wear your bow tie. Yeah, I still get up every day, shower, shave, get dressed and before I go to work. I got a routine. You got to keep a routine. Well, there's a good coping skill. That's another yeah. one. I, I agree with you. I so like your bow tie and let's have that moment of silence. Okay. Together, because we will get through this better when we get through it together.